Hi, I'm Beth, and I'm Lipstick. Welcome to Quince. A little sweet, a little tart, a little unexpected. Oh, today is Wednesday, January 26, 2022. And we, our big news, the news is that it snowed. It did snow, isn't it? It's all stuck. For a few days. And it's got ice on top of it, and it's hard to walk, and people are falling and hurting themselves, and it's yeah. really not a fun thing. I have yak tracks. I'm getting some. You need some yak tracks. Uh, I've had, the pair I have is probably 16 years old. Ooh, wonderful. Because uh, we bought, I bought them down at Robbie's in Mount Airy. That was the only place that you could get them way back then, because the local winery... Uh, boss had bought a pair for every single one of his employees. Is that right? Uh, yeah, because uh, their parking lots would get so slack. Uh-huh. But I thought that was the most thoughtful thing. Uh-huh. And, uh, so I went down and I bought a pair uh, for me and my partner. And the pair I have is at least 16 years old. And they still work just like brand new. Wow. And they go over your shoes. Yeah, over your shoes or your boots. Or, mm-hmm. uh, these girls that um, worked at the winery, of course, they were using their office shoes, probably mm-hmm. not high heels, but, you know, their office regular mm-hmm. uh, attire, and uh, it worked just fine. Well, so, that's... extract. And I also snowshoed. How did that go? It a lot easier than I thought it would. I bought the snowshoes two years ago because now that I look after Dad, I have to get to his place. Yes. You know, when I didn't have that, I could just wait until up in the day and uh, go take care of the animals. I can't do that. And it worked really well. Huh. It was kind of fun. You know, it was <laughs> awfully cold. So. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh. So, yeah, so snowshoes were okay, too. Well, good for you. I'm proud of yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. I had these little uh, sticks, and I don't know what people thought that were passing. Just <laughs> walking around on those things. Yeah, I, I think I have a reputation of being eccentric, anyway. That's a good thing, you know. So, what else is going on? Ooh. Well, I'm packing up, getting ready to go on vacation. Yeah, that's a big, unusual deal for uh, the likes of us. Really <laughs> is, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Where are you going? I'm going to go to the ocean. Yay. It's Leave been, the snow behind. Well, yeah. And it's probably not going to be that warm there. But it's been a number of years. I think about almost four or five years since yeah. I've been to the ocean. Yeah. And, of course, I used to live, when I lived in Florida, I was like 10 minutes from sure. the beach. and. And I spent a summer at Wildwood, New Jersey one year working on the boardwalk on the beach. And so, even though it's not my favorite, what's that word, maloo, however <laughs> <laughs> you say that word, um, I think I think I need a beach fix. I think that'd be great. I've been to the beach one time in my life. Oh, girlfriend, we got to get you there. <laughs> and, and we had a blast. It was in November. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's the only time we had to go. We took the dogs and we went to this great little hotel, motel right on the beach, and we had a great time. And that's over 10 years ago. Yeah, I don't even remember you doing that. That so. may have been before we really knew each other very well. Kevin mm-hmm. and I went. Oh, wonder. Oh, she'd be fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, she cooked. 
she she, uh, she had a dog that we were afraid to leave anywhere, mm-hmm. and I had a new to me car, and so she was afraid to leave him in the car. Mm-hmm. She hadn't had any long, and so uh, we took food, and we really just didn't leave the place. Mm-hmm. Walked around, walked the beach. Yeah. we had a great time. Walking the beach is yeah. fun. It's all coats. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It was wonderful. There was nobody there except on weekend. On the weekend. Right. right. Well, we're gonna. We'll have a little house, yeah. and uh, so we'll probably do a lot. You know, with COVID still around, yeah. whatever. It's not like I want to be out. Yeah. Too much, you know. I mean, but outside, I'm fine, and sure. we'll do takeout. And yeah. yeah, it'll be great. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be oh, a lot yes. of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So what else? I don't know of any other big things that are happening. Uh, February is usually a quiet month in medicine. Day. It, it's refreshingly quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Really. <laughs> But I think we're all ready for it. The shell yeah. shock of yeah. the busy tourist season. There's a lot, not a whole lot of activities going on. Because you can't trust the weather. Mm-mm. There were some things planned for the past week that people were going, you know, had planned to do. And everything got canceled. We, we even, our little church even had to cancel services. Yes. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. The one weekend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was... It came down on Sunday and it just built. It dumped <laughs> and then sleeted the same day yeah, in the middle of it and then yeah. snowed a bit more and yeah. then it just was a mess. Yeah. And they didn't really work on the roads until Monday morning. I guess they knew it was just going to dump and they just waited. So, uh, well, and it, yeah, I'm a four-wheel drive person. Grew up in West Virginia, years in Vermont, northwestern Pennsylvania, by Lake Erie. Yeah, so snow, I don't really think that much about I just hop in and go. Yeah. This you couldn't. I oh, couldn't get out deep. of my friend's driveway. It I mean, was too deep. Yeah, we had to call to have it plowed yep. by Tuesday. It was <laughs> like, there's no way I can get out of here. And it's still here. It's been almost two weeks. Yeah. And uh, it, it's been really cold, and it melted some, and then it's, it melted down and frozen over the top of that. So it's really treacherous. Yes, it is. <laughs> Tell me. I guess I sit here with lidocaine patches on my hip. And our friend uh, Amy Marshall had a fall. Yes. Busted her knee, I think. Yeah. Yeah. For other people. For old people, we're sort of lucky that we, yeah. I mean, I am, I'm not saying she is, but well, yeah. Well, let's see, um, with all the padding I was wearing, uh, right. with the two pairs of pants, and right. <laughs> right. I don't know if I'd hurt myself much or not. Yes. Ooh, Keeping yeah. all the animals fed and watered is kind of a challenge. So. All right, so I guess that's all the news, and that is a damn. So, uh, you want to talk about some yarning? Yes, I think that our people enjoy what you come up with to tell them. Well, right now, um, I've been uh, working on that knit-along blanket that we talked about. Uh, we've only got one more segment or um, that's coming out this coming Wednesday. And so, uh, got caught up on that, so I've been making stuff for the shop, mainly. 
Oh, you had some beautiful things in there. Yeah, so I've been making hats and uh, cowls and fingerless mitts. And um, I'll be making some dishcloths. And I've got a couple of new ideas that I'm working on that will be fun. I think small things that are expensive. And we're going to do a major overhaul at the shop. We're going to move some furniture around and rearrange. It's time. It's past time to do that. As wow. soon as I can get some help. We've got heavy old furniture. So. Uh, well, that's exciting news. Yeah, well, so we just need to change things around because we have a lot of repeat customers. Mm-hmm. And it's a good idea to just make things look a little fresher. Wow. So, uh, we got some new stuff in the alpaca room that's coming. So, anyway, we're having fun. And you're getting some new books because I, yeah. I keep bringing them in. Yeah, I've got some too. Yes. Yeah, I've really got to work on the book room. We sold a lot of books, which is really kind of what made us think of our subject this, um, uh, this episode. Mm-hmm. Because it's been really interesting this um, summer watching young people come in and make a beeline for our poetry section. I know. It's, uh, the, uh, it's all in, it's, the poetry section is the same place that I had it when I was in 2005. I don't know why. We were there from 2005 to 2011. And Ron built this, this shelf that fit right into the space. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even think about it when I was setting up the shelf. I just automatically put the shelf at that spot. You know, uh-huh. Terry was up helping me, and I said, well, this goes there, this goes there, and that goes there. Uh-huh. And then when we were arranging the books, I said, well, of course, the poetry goes here. So it's low, and these young folks will get sit down on the floor and spend hours in front of the shelf going through every one of those poetry books. That just gives me chills. I love it. I, love I think it's so great. And, and they buy them. And they'll buy some pretty um, obscure names. Of um, you know, I looked up some of the poets when I was doing the catalog. Mm-hmm. And but so but they love them. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not. I've never been a huge poetry fan. For some reason, well, I'm I'm not necessarily, and not opposed, and not, but it's not the sort of thing that I'm going to sit down of an evening and go through a poetry book. Yeah, yeah, I'm fiction. We're story people. Yeah, you know? yeah, I will pet up a, 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 a. I have an album that I've been reading for years. I just pick it up and read a poem out of it. Right. Right. Once in a while. Right. You yeah. do that because I have some beautiful, you know, Mary Oliver books. And, yeah. And just wonderful poetry books. So, I don't know, maybe maybe some people um, use it as bathroom reading. I don't know that. Get my dose of poetry. So, if anybody has some stories to tell about their poetry and why they read poetry or if they do sit down with an entire book mm-hmm. of, and read an entire book of poetry. I'm pretty sure a lot of people read Mary Oliver. Yes. And <laughs> maybe sit down and read the whole book. Right. And some of the the uh, poet laureates, yeah. the Billy Collins, you know, I mean they're just delightful books. Sure. And I'll tell you what, I, I do read a poem every day because I get the um, 
Garrison Keillor's Writer's Almanac. Oh. Um, I used to listen to that right. on public radio, and then when we moved here, it's not on public radio. Oh, okay. So I get it through email every oh, morning. Okay. So in every single morning, he starts it out with a poem. Oh. All different kinds. You know, it was Robert Browning yesterday, but it may be um, some modern, you know, dated 2009, some woman I've never heard of, yeah. and it will just be such a powerful poem. Yeah. And, and so anyway, that has, I, I always look forward to that. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of powerful young poets out there. Oh. Amanda Gorman, yes, uh, inauguration. Yes, uh, that that's kind of a tradition. Oh, she was, She is just amazing. Yeah, uh, I I barely remember. Um, I think it was Robert Frost. Was it Kennedy's? Yes. Yeah, I barely. I don't know if mm -hmm. I remember it. Or we but saw, saw it. Yes, I remember that actually. Yeah. I would have been. Five or six. Yeah, I was so. about three. Mm-hmm. So, uh, mm -hmm. Well, let's see. Yeah, so and, and I've heard it since, of yeah, course, yeah. recordings. But, um, and we have had at Chautauqua some amazing Oh, wow, well, sure. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, you can spend an hour and a half and you say, where did that time go? Just well, listening to yeah. them. Well, I think I could probably listen to a poet read faster than, or I would prefer to listen to a poet read rather than actually read a bulk of poetry. Yes. Yeah. I think that would be more so maybe a little too deaf or something. Uh -huh. <laughs> mm -hmm. I agree. And my sister Kay is a poet. And she's, oh, yeah. she okay. has written a lot of poetry and, you know, taking classes on it. They've shown up in, you know, a few of her little book things that she's done, oh, you know, I mean, and, and she's actually quite good. Oh, I'm sure. But she'll, she'll say at family gatherings, now, do you mind if I read this poem? Well, you know, sometimes well, even on our Zoom. And, you know, at first it was like, well, okay, I mean, oh, well, a few rolling eyes. But no one does that anymore. No. Because it's so good. You know, yeah. it always strikes yeah. a chord. And well, that, that, those will be wonderful memories. Yes. Things, so. Yeah. They're particularly now, there's so much going on in the world, and, and poetry is one way to make sense of things. Yeah. I'm sure. Well, you know, since we're on the topic, why don't we just keep talking? Yeah. Um, um, I first became acquainted with poetry as a young child with our child craft, you know, the World Book Encyclopedias for Children. That, yeah. And to this day in my mind, I can trace my finger like I'm reading on the page of, you know, the little crooked man in yeah. this crooked house and the little illustrations. And that was probably the first poem that spoke to me. Yeah. Well, my grandmother, I'm sure, gave uh, either me or Sammy a Child's Garden of Verses by oh. Robert, Robert Louis Stevenson. Yeah. yeah. That's the first thing I remember. And, of course, we read everything 
Um, but when, a little later, when I was a bit older, still for children, she gave us uh, gave me favorite poems, old and new. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the only poem that I remember right off the top of my head uh, was um, My Brother the Sun, My Sister the Moon. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, I don't remember a whole lot about it, but mm-hmm. I remember that um, it was either the title or the subject. Mm-hmm. I should have looked that up, but I don't know where the book is right off the top of my head. It's somewhere in the house. I know, I know the one that you have. Yeah. 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 My Brother the Sun, My Sister the Moon. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I was in the third grade, um, of course I devoured every book that I could find by that time. Uh, We had kind of a weird uh, schedule because the high school was in with the elementary school. And I had two reading classes. Lucky you. Yeah, so the first first grade and second grade, I attended both reading classes. There's something about the bus schedule. I'm not sure why. Well, the third grade, the uh, teacher booted me out, and I went to the library for the second um, class. So I read every book I could get my hands on. And, but that teacher kind of opened my eyes to something. One day, she wrote a poem on the blackboard that she composed. Oh, wow. And it was just like this light went off in my head. Because I don't know where I thought books came from before then. <laughs> third grade should notice that by Louisa May Alcott. <laughs> but that's why when I was like, people write books. Wow. People write things. And we can do it too. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like this big epiphany. <laughs> wow. So tell me about this teacher. Well, her name was Eunice McAlexander. Uh, she was Aaron McAlexander's mother. Oh, that's yeah, why Aaron is so wonderful. Yeah, yeah <laughs> delightful, interesting woman. Um, I I was lucky enough to get to know her as an adult, and um, she was a pillar of the Baptist Church, you know, up here, and she believed in reincarnation. All right, I like her already. She was an interesting woman. Uh, back in I don't know exactly when, but maybe back in the 20s, because she was not young at all when she was my third grade teacher. She was not fairly close to retirement. But uh, maybe back in the 20s, a, um, somebody came around um, collecting ballads and recorded her. Oh, really? Back From the Smithsonian, maybe. Well, yeah, uh, I'm not sure. Because they remember. started doing that, was that maybe 1930? They started yeah, maybe that. that. Or through the CW. PA programs right, right. or something. But she was actually recorded uh, singing these old ballads. Oh, wow. You know, so, so she had a poetic background and poetic memory all along. So she was an interesting lady. Oh, you were fortunate. Yeah. Yeah, I was fortunate in all of my teachers. Uh, I don't remember any of them that weren't amazing. So, except maybe one, but we won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> there always has to be that one, doesn't there? Well, you know, a teacher that made such an impact on me, this is back in West Virginia, and she had a wonderful name. Her name was Hope Butterfield. Uh, and Mrs. Butterfield um, was the first teacher, and this would have been sixth grade. 
which was elementary school back in those days, because mm-hmm. then you had junior high at seventh grade when you went to a different school. Right. But sixth grade, you were top of the you yeah. know, hierarchy there, and you were changing classes with the oh, yeah. you know, one or two teachers, you know, right. that kind of thing. And Mrs. Butterfield was our English teacher, and she was the first one who made us uh, memorize a poem and stand in front of the class and recite it. And um, that that just really made an impact, mainly because I still remember every word of that poem. And and it was Robert Frost stopping by woods on a snowy evening. Whose woods these are, I think I know. This house is in the village, though. And I won't bore you with that since, since that poem has actually become very popular. Oh, yeah. And I think back in, when would that have been, 1968 mm-hmm. or so, it, it wasn't nearly as yeah. popular. But I, I just thought it was the best, the best image. Yeah. So that was the one. And another one that she uh, taught and that we just really dissected and it made such an impact on me because of the wisdom, but also because the poet's name, his first name was a female name, (laughs) Joyce Kimmer. And the poem is Trees. And I will go ahead and read that because it's just short. That means a lot to everybody. To everyone. And in fact, lots of times I have a certain tree I photograph. Yeah, we have a picture of it. And all I have to say, you know, is only God can make a tree. And most people know, especially around here, since Joyce Kilmer down in the North Carolina mountains is yeah. where he lived, right. and there is a preserve, and mm-hmm. I've always wanted to go there. Have you ever been there? No, I would be interested to uh, yeah. yeah, well, maybe we could all do a yeah. little trip sometime. Yeah. That'd be fun. So anyway, here you go. Trees by Joyce Kilmer. I think that I shall never see a poem lovely as a tree. A tree whose hungry mouth is pressed against the earth's sweet flowing breast. A tree that looks at God all day and lifts her leafy arms to pray. A tree that may in summer wear a nest of robins in her hair. Upon whose bosom snow is lain, who intimately lives with rain. Poems are made by fools like me. But only God can make a tree. <laughs> All right. Yeah. There you go. That was one of those poems yeah. that a 12-year-old resonated Absolutely. with. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't remember any teachers asking us to, to memorize poems. Is that right? And recitation was such an important part of education yeah. back in the 1800s and oh, yeah. early 1900s. Uh, I had an elderly cousin that could recite poems all day long that she learned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When she was 98 years old, she, mm-hmm. she could still recite all those poems. The only one I remember was an extra credit. 
that uh, one of our uh, teachers said we were studying the Canterbury Tales. Well, I'm just amazed you were studying the Canterbury Tales. Oh, yeah. yeah. Was this in high school? Huh? Was this? Oh, yeah. This was like 10th, maybe 11th grade. Wow. I'm yeah. still impressed. Yeah, we did, we did the entirety of the Canterbury Tale. Yeah. So, um, and so for extra credit, she had we could we could recite just to her. Even she took us in a separate room, and uh, so we could recite the uh, prologue in uh, Middle English or whatever it was. Oh, cow! <laughs> so do it. Can you still do it? I can do some of it, except I'm not sure I got the, have the pronunciation right. Oh, that's all right. You do you have Mesbian accent. Yeah, yeah. That's so all right. one de l'April in the Sorge Chote. The root of marsh hath parasit every rote, and bothered every vein in swish liqueur, of which whereto engendered is the floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would like the first four lines. Very, very impressive. Yeah. There was probably what, 15 lines of it. What teacher was that? Her name was Laura Flippin. And I'm, I was just thinking today, she probably wasn't that much older than us. And I lost track of her after high school. Well, uh, hats off to her. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, so, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, we had, we had some interesting times in that class. And I remember uh, some music. I think we worked on a poetry song. Cause I remember some music involved with some poetry. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the camera, I... I Yes, Canterbury Tales was in the curriculum. I don't think she came up with that for like a six-month study. Uh, then we did some Shakespeare. I remember that too. Mm -hmm. No, we did do Shakespeare in high school, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we did do some uh, Shakespeare. Was, I think it was her class. Mm -hmm. August, but it's been a long time since I've been in high school. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, very blurry, so I'm not sure exactly. We had two girls that were magnificent actresses. That happened to be in my class, and so when they did Macbeth, mm. and um, did acted out parts of it, not the entire. Right. Thing. They did magnificent jobs. I remember us doing uh, Midsummer Night's Dream. No, I would have liked that. That was Macbeth. fun. Oh yeah, Macbeth was so pretty. That was pretty harsh. Yeah, we did Macbeth. And, Pretty sure I can't remember. The play you don't mention by name—that's conscious. Behind, um, <laughs> if you're on stage, you're right. behind the stage. Right. I think you can outside. Yeah, yeah, we can talk. About <laughs> <it>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So poetry. The yes. novel, actually, Shakespeare is poetry. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, when I read Shakespeare, I read them aloud. Mm -hmm. And my grandmother read Shakespeare to us when mm -hmm. we were kids. She read everything. <laughs> you know, she would just read aloud what she had. Mm -hmm. At the time, nice. And then she discovered kids' book clubs. Yeah, and would get us a book of the month or whatever. Oh, what a treat! Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Well, you know, talking about with music, one of my most favorite poets of all time is Wendell Berry. Oh, yeah. And this beautiful set that. Um, Gosh, you know what? I think Shelby Puckett gave me this. I don't know why. I think that um, well, I'll have to ask because, but it was a gift to me, uh. and it's celebrating Wendell Berry in music. 
it's his poetry on the farm and song and shade and there's photographs and and it's him reading his poetry. It, yeah, on CD. Yeah. And uh, it really, I treasure that. Yeah, absolutely. Just beautiful. Yeah, he might be another one. I might be able to sit down and actually read. Yeah, I can read his. Because yeah. they're story. I mean, yeah, you know, totally they're, right. or they're, they're just the most romantic. Yeah. yeah. Even if he's talking about farming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was uh, one poem I read not too long ago. It was sort of a um, nativity. Mm. I would probably remember that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, powerful stuff. And we mentioned Mary Oliver, and of course her wild geese. You know, you yeah. see that one out a lot. But I have a whole beautiful book, and this was from my daughter-in-law. Oh, how lovely! Yes, and this was long after she was no longer my daughter-in-law. Um, and she uh, she just sent it to me. And how sweet! I know. I know, very, very touching. It's called Devotions. Uh-huh, and it's the Selected Poems. Beautiful hardback edition. Yeah. I picked up, one of my favorite writers is Mae Sarton. Oh, yes. But I picked up a book of poems trying to find something to read tonight, and I couldn't find anything that talked to me. Uh-huh. So, uh, her um, introspection in her journals... And stuff is just marvelous to me for some reason. Yes. Well, Kathleen's book club just did a story, a, a book that was on her life, and yeah. Oh, it, it was it a California book, book club. Kathleen's. It was an autobiography, or no? I don't, I don't know. But Kathleen said but that she wrote a lot of autobiographies. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that we need to read it. So yeah, yeah. yeah I'll have to find out about that. Mm-hmm. Well, when we said we were going to do poems, um, all of a sudden poems showed up everywhere. Isn't that amazing? The synchronicity that happens. And one of my um, friends on Facebook, who is a scientist and a naturalist, and, uh, you know, usually that's all he posts about, he posted a poem. There you go. The other day. Uh, by Evelyn Boland. How do you spell the last name? B O L. Let's see. B O L. Let's see. It was misspelled on the original post. Let's see what. Yeah. E A V A N B O L A N D. She was an Irish poet who taught at Stanford. Okay. Yeah. And um, this may be a little too long, but no, please read it to us. It's called Quarantine. In the worst hour of the worst season of the worst year of a whole people, a man set out from the workhouse with his wife. He was walking. They were both walking north. She was sick with famine fever and could not keep up. He lifted her and put her on his back. He walked like that west and west and north until at nightfall, under freezing stars, they arrived. In the morning, they were both found dead of cold, of hunger, of the toxins of a whole history. But her feet were held against his breastbone. 
The last heat of his flesh was his last gift to her. Let no love poem ever come to this threshold. There is no place here for the inexact praise of the easy graces and sensuality of the body. There is only time for this merciless inventory. Their deaths together in the winter of 1847. Also, what they suffered, how they lived, and what there is between a man and woman, and in which darkness it can best be proved. Well, that blew me away. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I am too. I, I was learning more. Yeah, I know. This was just so amazing. And, and it, it just really startled me to see it on the page. But I went back to it all week. Mm -hmm. I can see why. the post and printed it out and everything. <laughs> I can see why. Well, you know what? I think you and I like poetry more than we realize. Well, I like poetry. I just don't like huge blocks of it, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I guess maybe partly because of nail, that particular poem. I guess that's why it spoke to my friend. Because he doesn't strike me. He's very articulate and he's a great writer. But it doesn't strike me that poetry would be top in his um, things to listen to, but maybe so, apparently. Uh-huh. Well, I think that's, that's very powerful. Yep. I've got a few people that post poems, some that, you know, one, one guy, he writes them. Right. A very powerful, David Hazard, on yeah. Facebook. I've never met him, but... Uh, you know, I faithfully look for his... Uh, your friend Bev. And Bev, Bev and Don, yeah. um, they are poetry people. Yeah. Yes. So, and my friend George Lally is a poet. Oh, yeah. Yes. So, I get, I read a lot of Irish. He, he really likes the Irish yeah. poets. So, I do, I guess, read a lot. This book called Footprints in the Mind by Javan, J-A-V-A-N. Okay. I don't know how you say the name. It happened to be in a big box of poetry books that um, a friend gave me because they were moving and downsizing. And this Javan actually was born in a small North Carolina town. That's his... Uh, given middle name, but this is what he uses, and this was self-published back, I'm not even sure at what age, but I happened to 1979, mm -hmm. which was a long time ago, that was the year I graduated. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. Um, but I happened to, you know, I put a book by my meals yeah. and I take pictures of them. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I saw this and I thought, oh, that looks cool. And I'll flip through it while I'm eating, too. And um, so I just set it by the plate and took this picture and posted it on Facebook. And you would be surprised at the number of people who commented that this was one of their favorite books, really? and that they had it. And these were diverse people. These were people up here. This was uh, one. One was a friend I grew up with in West Virginia, who lives in Florida now. And 
I mean, it was like, I've never even <laughs> heard of it. And so it is a book. It has... Have you got a small short Daisy Oh. Uh-huh. If that's a he, I guess it is. Yes. Okay. I, they're, they're love poems in a way, and there's daisies throughout. Footprints in the mind. I was trying to find... The one that that line was a lot in. Of poems are love poems. Yes. And even if they're kind of disguised. Uh-huh. I'm trying to find... I'm sorry, I thought I had it actually had it... Uh, had it marked that where the title was. It's nicely printed. It's a beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Sort of parchment. Here we go. Yeah. How often the world introduces people we never get to know. They walk right in and see their smile, then watch as they turn and go. We stand and scan the footprints they're leaving left behind. And the departure of a stranger can leave footprints in the mind. Interesting. Footprints. Four footprints in the sand. Waves washing to shore. The moon hiding behind fluorescent clouds. A star for wishing. Inventions in the sand of two people huddled close. Silence. And yet conversation. The chill of the wind blowing in from the sea. Lights on distant ships. Hands holding, touching, caressing. The sun awakening across the horizon. Footprints. Four footprints running in the sand as if tomorrow could never come. Laughter. A feeling of happiness deep inside. Living life. Giving, sharing. Tomorrow, footprints. Two footprints in the sand. Searching, remembering. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but I love that. And the departure of a stranger can leave footprints in the mind. I think so. What a line. Yes. Another book that I found, and I just cut it out. Because I love the title. Uh, it's a poet by the name of Edwin Brock. And this is once again somebody, you know, sort of the 60s, 70s. But the title of his book is Invisibility is the Art of Survival. Well, that's interesting. Uh huh. Invisibility is the Art of Survival. Mm. So that one was cool. And one more. Um, remember this set of books that came, I think they were British, as a matter of fact, literature. Um, if I had my life to live over, I would pick more daisies. And they're sort of feminist women. And the very first one was that poem that became so popular 
When I am an old woman, I shall wear purple. Yeah. And uh, that one sort of came when we were, I don't know, maybe in our 30s that maybe, day. Maybe, you know. I'm trying to remember the first time I saw it, but uh -huh. I thought it was a goal to live up to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now here we are. <laughs> you talked about people thinking you're eccentric. Well, yeah. that's okay. Well, and that's what started that whole red hat. The red hat thing. Because, yeah. you know, they were always had their purple outfit and their red oh, hats. Yeah. And so that's... Uh, this is a book that's within that very same series because a number of books came out yeah. with that. And so this was in the box. And it really made me, uh, made me think about some of those... Yeah those poems that affected, hey, Maya Angelou. Oh, yes. A lot well, of... She's another one I can pick up and read a long period. Yes. But I guess I do like poetry, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Nikki Giovanni. Yes. She's just amazing. Editions of hers at the shop. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. She says she's a home girl, too. Yes, she's a professor at Virginia Tech. I've met her several times. Yeah, yeah I think she's uh, got a chair over there or something. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, that was one good thing about the homestead. You got to meet I did get to meet some very cool people. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and I, I met her several times. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Rita Dove, that's another Virginia. I'm pretty sure she's a Virginia yeah. author, a uh, poet. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, there's a lot, but I think we need to wrap. Well, I've got one more. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, this is another one. This popped up from somebody I literally don't see. Um, this is by Virginia Woolf. Oh, okay. And I think I should put this up in the shop somewhere. Secondhand books are wild books, homeless books. They have come together in vast flock of variegated feather and have a charm which the domesticated volumes of the library lack. Besides, in this random miscellaneous company, we, we may rub against some complete stranger who will, with luck, turn into the best friend we have in the world. But I may have to print that out. Oh, you need <laughs> to, definitely. Yes. Up in the shop, because there's a conglomeration of old books there. For oh, people. yes. Where people say, how did you get all these books in? <laughs> all right, yeah, we probably should be thinking about wrapping up. Is there anything else that you can think of? Or? No, I've shared what I meant to share. Okay. So. Well, you have some great uh, titles. Robert Frost, Wendell Mary, Mary Oliver. Um, some wonderful, wonderful writers out there. If you don't know about them, look them up. Mm -hmm. And um, even uh, Miss Borland, um, yeah. I think she passed away just a few years ago. Mm -hmm. So um, but I'm going to have to look into more of her work because that was just amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Our show notes can be found at www.quincepodcast.com. And there's a link to the uh, different podcasts that we've done. This is number 59. So we have to do something special for 60. Oh, yes. Yeah, I think <laughs> and there are lots of other uh, ways to find us. We're on iTunes. Uh, we're on Stitcher Radio. Um, the uh, host is Podbean. So find us, enjoy us, and come back and see us in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye.